From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages. Welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And once again, my friends, we're at the end of the week, which means... It's another edition of WTF Friday! (laughs) Yes, folks, yes, 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 another fun-filled episode and more adventures in podcasting, and boy, have we got a few real doozies for you uh, today. Uh, Before we get into the fun, always remember you can send us... uh, any kind of questions, comments, feedback by email in black and right at gmail.com or you can check out our wonderful website at inblackandright.net with some real doozies on there as well. Some phenomenal things that have been going on. Uh, let's start today with the race for RNC chairman. Now, apparently... There's been a new, uh, new story coming out uh, with the RNC and the chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel's re-election. Uh, let's see. We've had some interesting new developments. Now, of course, Ronna McDaniel is running again for another uh, term as RNC chair, but she has some pretty stiff competition in that she's got to deal with Fellow RNC committee member, uh, Harmeet Dillon, one of Trump's attorneys, and a committee, a national committee woman from the state of California. And she also has to deal with Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow, who's also made his bid for uh, the chairmanship. So this is going to be real interesting. But this story yesterday in the uh, just from justthenews.com. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, has apparently it's not a lock for Ronna McDaniel. Uh, the headline reading RNC members deny McDaniel re election as chair as a lock. Allege funds have been misspent. Now, this comes on the heels of of a story that I told you all about yesterday from redstate.com that did an extensive study into the spending of the RNC since 2017. And believe you me, folks, it's looking pretty dang bad given what's happened with three straight election cycle losses, including the White House, and all that's gone on with the supposed red wave that was supposed to hit for the midterms and never really materialized as uh, as many people had thought. So this is going to be interesting, uh, how this works, looking at this story. Uh, let's see, let's take a look at uh, here. Yeah, okay, I, I want to start about the middle uh, about the middle of the story. 
and what's going on with the RNC and other related events. So, let's see, this starts with a, oh yeah, here we go. Thank you for being patient, folks. Here we go. I, I wanted to start this. Now, a gentleman named Solomon Yu, who's a committeeman from Oregon, who I have actually met on a few occasions, uh, just for the simple sake of uh, full disclosure, told Just the News that many of McDaniel's endorsements occurred before the GOP lost the Georgia U.S. Senate runoff on December 6th. He noted that an updated endorsement letter for McDaniel was dated December 5th. A spokesperson for McDaniel's re-election campaign said her support remained strong even after the Georgia loss. You, who led the investigation into former RNC Chairman Michael Steele's spending, argued that McDaniel has a spending problem that's worse than Steele's, according to a political analysis published in 2010. The RNC spent more than $200,000 on private charter flights in 2009 while Steele was chair. Now, this is interesting, folks. Uh, this is apparently not a outlier or one-time event. Now, with all that's happened, uh, the meeting come next month for the RNC to select a new chairman uh, yeah, apparently it can't be a lock. It cannot be a lock for McDaniel. I mean, given what's happened, now this report from Red State that uh, and we have a we still have the link to the story up on inblackandright.net right on the homepage. Uh, in fact, it's top story right now. So this is going to be interesting to see how this works. Uh, given all of these new revelations and allegations and so forth, so on and so forth. So this is going to be fun to see how this really turns out. Uh, and there's still plenty going on with the lame duck session uh, in, in Congress. Boy, this is getting really crazy, some of this stuff. Uh, yesterday, telling you a story about uh, Mitch McConnell apparently strong-arming certain senators to uh, support his crazy omnibus bill. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. That, at least, thank goodness, Florida Senators Rick Scott and Marco Rubio, I do believe, are not in favor of this. This is awful. This is terrible. It doesn't help. And this omnibus bill really will hamper the new Republican majority coming into the House uh, next month because they have to have the power of the purse in order to fix some of this crap that's gone on. I mean, my goodness, with Title 42 set to disappear within a week, watch what happens to the border, folks. And watch how the mainstream media won't talk about it. They won't talk about the disaster that awaits. They're already starting to come at increased numbers, and Title 42 isn't officially gone. Now, when it does go, you watch. They're looking 
people are talking about anywhere from 15 to 20,000 a day crossing into the border, invading the border. And Texas, Governor Abbott, where are you? Governor Abbott, where are you? Where are you in this invasion? You've got over 40, at least 40, Texas counties that are calling this an invasion and they're asking you to do something. You just got reelected and you've just kind of gone MIA, sir. Where are you, Governor Abbott? Governor Ducey in Arizona, I know you're out, you're, you're leaving soon, and your girl, Katie Hobbs, still has a ways to go, and all the rest of your mechaniac followers in Arizona who botched the election, I mean, y'all screwed the pooch so bad that dog breeders everywhere are crying. They're in tears. This is awful. And the people of Maricopa County, you couldn't give a rip about them. You, So long as you don't have uh, Carrie Lake coming in as governor, you're you're just digging life. And I know you want to go after Kirsten Cinema in 2024. But, dude, yeah, I don't think you really should think about that because there's going to be a lot of folks there in Arizona with some really long memories. So, yeah, you've, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on uh, in the RNC. And if the RNC doesn't learn how to adjust its tactics for 2024, playing the ballot game, uh, yeah, you're going to have some problems in a lot of very key states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and others. Because it's not going to matter who the nominee is. It's not going to because they're still going to win because, hey, the, the Democrats have been playing chess and the RNC has been playing checkers. Y'all need to step your game up, and I mean step it up big. Ay, ay, ay. Otherwise, here comes another disaster come next year. Well, 2024, I should say. So, yeah, this is pretty nuts. So, there's that that's going on. Is There's a lot of WTF going on in there. Uh, but instead of WTF, let's try a little something uh, in the uh, in the letters department. How about FTX and SBF? Sam Bankman-Fried, the disgraced cryptocurrency king, and his company is bankrupt. He's been arrested by, in the Bahamas. The Justice Department and the Securities and Exchange Commission along with a few other three-letter regulatory agencies, are uh, pretty much have charged him with civil and criminal penalties. It's going to be, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, but the interesting part about uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, and here's another great headline from Just the News, as FTX investors were built, D.C. politicians benefited from Bankman-Fried's alleged fraud. So, yes, the one thing that we don't know about F 
about Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX is how much campaign cash did he illegally put in the hands of politicians, namely Democrats. Oh, yeah. This is going to be interesting. Just a little piece from this story. Lawmakers, primarily Democrats, and organizations backing them raked in millions in campaign cash from Bankman-Fried and his top lieutenants, who allegedly broke several election finance laws in a bid to buy influence across the nation's capital, according to federal prosecutors and the extensive money trail of his political donations. Well, well, well. We don't know how much he's done, but apparently Sam Bankman-Fried uh, tried to do his best imitation of George Soros. Kind of, you know, slipping money here, slipping money there, under the radar, and yet he got busted. Now, George Soros, the, scary, the real scary master of bringing about this leftist socialist revolution to the United States, recently made a 50 million, that's five zero million dollar donation to a super PAC. He's already thinking 2024. Wow. And, and all that money is just going to be waiting there to go to Democrats and others and screw over races all in the next election cycle. It's crazy, folks, but hey, come on. RNC, George Soros, is working. He's working overtime. This is not funny. This man is dangerous. I mean, he's not just dangerous here in the United States. Heck, he's got a bad reputation in several countries. So, yeah, folks. Hello. Now, what's really funny, well, actually, I don't know if it's funny, but uh, <clears throat> SBF could face up to 115 years in prison if he's convicted on all eight counts against him in a newly unsealed indictment from the Justice Department. Oh, excuse me. So, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be real fun looking at this, and I'm sure there's got to be somebody in the new Congress, maybe in the uh, Oversight Committee, who might like to take a look and see how much or, or how many Democrats uh, benefited from Bankman-Fried and FTX. That would be a fun one to figure out, that's for sure. But yeah, not just the money that they stole from investors, but yeah, how much influence did he try to buy? I mean, was it about as much as the communist Chinese? Probably not, because China's got a whole lot more money than Bankman-Fried, but, but yeah, this is going to be real interesting, too. Let's see if the Republicans uh, in the House uh, have the steel in their spine, or titanium, to go and search out what's going on with Bankman-Fried and who benefited. That should be another fun one. That's a definite WTF if I've ever seen one. But here's another one. Oh, believe me, folks, you're going to love this. Uh, this interesting story 
Another one. There's this dingbat of a woman who is a Democrat, of course, and of course she's from California. Name is Katie Porter. Now, I don't know what kind of drugs this woman is on, and I'm, I mean, she's very liberal, very white, and very woke. And those are three things that just simply do not work well. But uh, this, this Katie Porter apparently said during a uh, hearing of the Oversight Committee that the term pedophile brands someone as a criminal. And, I mean, you got to hear this. It's, it's about 10 seconds or so, but you got to hear this woman and what she said, and you just got to go, what the heck, or WTF. But anyway, here's Katie Porter, Democrat, California. That a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of, of their identity, um, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. Um, Yes, folks, yes, that is what this woman, a, an elected member of Congress, thinks. Uh, dear Congresswoman Porter, pedophilia is a crime. It's a felony. It's perversion. Yes, this whole thing about changing the language, oh, they're minor attracted individuals. No. They're pedophiles. That it is a criminal act. Not to mention just morally reprehensible. I mean, this is exactly why your state, madam, is goofy as hell. I'm sorry, I'm a little salty today, but uh, I have family who live in California. And I do not, under any circumstances, condone support or anything else anybody who's going to try to make a move especially a criminal move trying to groom my little nieces and nephews uh-uh i ain't cool with it i mean usually if anybody if somebody's going to try to pull some pedophilia pedophilia act with my little guys and gals Pretty much, I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life because I'm going to kill them. I will defend my family, and if that means I go to jail for it, I go to jail for it. But to say that somehow this the term pedophile stigmatizes somebody and implies criminal activity because of their orientation, what kind of stupidity is that? I call it stupidity on steroids. And stupidity doesn't discriminate, madam. Yes, you kind of look like a Karen to me sometimes, but you're woke, you're white, you're liberal. I don't know what your sexual orientation is, and I don't care. But if you're going to support pedophiles and pedophilia, uh, no, sorry, don't make an excuse for them. It's perversion, it's criminal, and no, I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it at all. And I'm willing to bet you there are millions and millions of parents out there, moms and dads, yeah, 
they're not okay with it either, and they don't care about your lame explanation. No, thank you. Sorry. But we move on. Now, here's something else that really bugs me. Now, it bugs me in the sense that I know there are still COVID crazies out there. There are mask holes, mask Nazis, lockdown lunatics, and mandate maniacs. And they are very much there, especially in the public education system. Case in point. Philadelphia Public Schools are requiring students and staff to wear COVID masks after winter break. Now, granted, yes, in certain states, especially colder states that have colder winters, yeah, there are cases of flu, there are cases of COVID and RSV, uh, the respiratory virus, out there. But now you're now they're going. I mean, it's it's the excuse they've been waiting for. It's like they got an early Christmas present. So Philadelphia, not many other not many other places that I have heard of have uh, have adopted this, but apparently Philadelphia is going back to the masks. Oh yay. And they're doing it to your kids. Double yay. Mm-hmm. This is the type of excuse that the left and all these Fauci disciples have waited for. Fauci is essentially out. He's done. I mean, well, he's done as as far as his government service, but he ain't done. He still has a whole lot of explaining to do. And frankly, he is still just as arrogant, just as narcissistic as ever. And he's an old SOB. He's still, he's in his 80s, folks. I mean, all of a sudden, you have all these people. I mean, I'm not into age discrimination, but Fauci's in his 80s. Nancy Pelosi is out as Speaker of the House. She's in her 80s. All we got to do now is get rid of Schmucky Chucky Schumer and Mitch the Turtle McConnell. Ditch Mitch. I mean, Florida Senator Rick, Florida Senator Rick Scott made an attempt to become uh, leader of the Republicans, but sadly that failed because too many of them are still under Mitch's influence and really shouldn't be. So yeah. So now we've got this going on in Philadelphia, and apparently they're demanding that masks be worn the first 10 days after break, which is January 3rd to the 13th next year. Now, some states are trying to, uh, you know, deal with this, but I haven't heard about this, and thank goodness we're not doing this in Florida, because that would go back on this Governor DeSantis's word, and he's not going to do that. But there are still, unfortunately, people who are still having a really sick, twisted love affair with the mask that, frankly, doesn't work. Even the great Fauci could not point to one single solitary, credible study in where masks were effective. It's, he couldn't do it, still can't do it, 
And he's still not going to be able to do it when he goes before uh, certain congressional committees. Maybe the Senate as well. But really can't do nothing in the Senate because the Republicans don't have control. But yeah, we still got that going on. So this kind of warned me about, you know, it's still there, folks. Do not give up mama bears and papa bears. There are still all kinds of craziness going on with masks. Now, this is interesting. Uh, another, I'll just end quickly on this one. Now, with the impending mega invasion of the country, uh, yeah, the the health Department of Health and Human Services approving a Washington plan to give health care to illegals on, quote, health equity grounds, unquote. So I'm thinking to myself, Washington State comes up with this messed up plan. Thank you, Jay Inslee. Thank God I don't live there anymore. Is now trying to somehow take his plan to give illegal immigrants health insurance at the same time we're getting ready for a massive invasion of the country with the end of title 42 so yeah this is going to be fun to put it on a national basis whoo good luck and washington state i could only wish you well but i'll tell you this is going to be a mess. It is going to be a full-blown, full-grown mess. If it happens in Washington State, and if they take this goofy idea and make it nationwide, oh yeah, hang on, folks. Just hang on. This, is a, this will be a train wreck of monumental proportions. Monumental because it's going to put an extreme burden on state budgets and it's going to increase already obscene amounts of federal spending to support this. So, nope. Hang tight, folks. It's not over yet. First, we've got to get done with the lame duck session and stop this foolishness. We've had some successes, but we still have a ways to go. And then, come January 3rd, the new Congress gets seated, and then the real fun starts. Because I'm, be I'm really beginning to believe that 2023 is going to be a year of serious reckoning. The roosters are coming home. Or the chickens are coming home to roost, to even to take away from Jeremiah Wright. But yes, the chickens are coming home to roost, but not the way you think. Not the way you think, folks. So we've still got a ways to go here. But 2023 is going to be rough. I'm not being negative. I'm being quite real and very pragmatic and practical. So I would strongly suggest enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy the rest of the year. But get ready, because it's going to be a marathon in 2023. It's going to be a major league marathon of trying to get this country back on 
a more positive track. And, and I can assure you, Biden and the Democrats are not going to make it easy. They will not make it easy at all. But my friends, I see by the clock on the wall, we're just about done for this edition of WTF Friday. You can always find uh, our whole archive as we've just celebrated our 150th episode uh, just this past Monday. Uh, check us out on the audio podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, we just encourage you to find us, like us, subscribe, and you'll be notified when a new episode comes through. Now, next week will be our final week of podcasts for 2022. Uh, our last podcast will be uh, on next Friday, December 23rd. Uh, the show will be on hiatus for the rest of the year for Christmas and for New Year's. And we will be back on January 3rd for the new Congress to be seated and also celebrating our one-year anniversary. Yes, in black and white, we'll be one year old. And year number two, we're definitely looking to make it a whole lot more fun than year one. So with that in mind, my friends, take care of yourselves. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the holiday. And always remember, patriots still come in all colors. 